0: will my disability stop us from having children Olly, Go.
1: oh my gosh a hard we question to, <laughs> we need to unpack
0: but, that in this episode well, like the,
1: the obvious answer is, is maybe
0: Ooh, well this is the thing we need to unpack this Yes, a lot that, for you guys. that
1: maybe is quite a loaded maybe, it isn't is it? It is a
0: loaded maybe. And we're on this journey and we wanted to chat to you guys about it because of late, we've been doing a lot more family planning since I turned 28. We have.
1: We have arranged people. <laughs> we have spoken to people.
0: So we're going to just deep dive in this episode for you guys today. Hold tight. This is a bonus episode. So we're not going to do the dilemmas or the hate comments. We're just going to talk to you about our family planning journey so far. Let's get into it. Let's roll the titles. This is But I'd Never Marry a Blind Woman.
1: A show where we answer all the questions you are too afraid to ask about dating, marriage and finding love with a disability.
0: I'm Lucy Edwards-Cave, presenter, author of my soon to be published book Blind Not Broken and blind wife of...
1: Me, Ollie Edwards-Cave, her sighted
0: husband and the man usually behind the camera. Each week on this podcast we... Your
1: fave intro couple.
0: We'll debunk the stereotypes of dating with a disability, dive behind the inspiration porn headlines, and unpack your relationship dilemmas.
1: So when people say,
0: But I'd never marry a blind woman.
1: You can answer.
0: Well, I would. But <laughs> I'd never marry a blind woman. So let's start from the very beginning, shall we?
1: From the beginning. (laughs) Once upon a time. From the
0: very start of my life. No. So my mom never really knew about Incontinentia pigmenti until I was born.
1: So, what is Incontinentia pigmenti?
0: Well, it's something that you know how to spell. Yes. (laughs) But it's also my really rare genetic. Disorder that runs down the female line of my genes. So on the X, it's a dominant gene. X chromosome. On the X chromosome. Very correct. Thank you, darling. And it's a dominant gene. So it means that I could pass it on to mine and Oliver's children to mm-hmm. be. So it's something that we both have to think about now. Yep. And it's something that my mom didn't know too much about when she was family planning for herself. Well, so
1: to be fair to you, mum. The general consensus around IP as a whole thing. Whole thing has only been like it's only about a hundred years old or so.
0: The disease was first discovered by a Swiss, I think, ophthalmologist. Dermatologist. Was it? Oh, dermatologist, um named Bruno Blo- Block. Bruno Block, Mr. Bloch.
1: In nineteen twenty six. So it's not even a hundred wow. years old.
0: That's insane.
1: And then it was refined like to sort of get the general knowledge of what we have about it apart from the genetic side. By Marion Salzberger.
0: So then it became Bloch-Sulzberger syndrome for a time.
1: Yes. But that it's was its first kind of name. Incontinentia pigmenti now.
0: Yes, now it is. But I think that's only really since 1997.
1: I wouldn't know, to be fair. Wikipedia does not have that information. Okay,
0: darling. Well, I think in the UK that, that date rings a bell to me. That year rings a bell. And for me, it really turned up in my life and also my mom's life when I was four years old and on the backs of my legs, they were really quite bumpy and they were worried about what skin condition that I had. And I got tested at my local GP surgery and there was a dermatologist there. Um, and he said, Oh, I think she's got incontinent pigmenti, And then I went for a routine eye check at age eight and it was founded that my eyes were poorly. So I think, just going back to family planning, I know that my mom wouldn't have necessarily even known because she's got incontinenti pigmenti. Mm, but she's so- got an affected X, but it hasn't affected her well, life. She doesn't have
1: any eye problems, but no. she's got, I believe, is it less teeth?
0: She's got less teeth. But in in every other way, if you were someone that had a genetic disorder, but in every which way you couldn't possibly see that there was any effect on your everyday life why would you think it was a, f- a threat to your children you just wouldn't if there was no kind of research on- around it and i know that at the turn of the 90s that was when f- like a lot more research was being done on it and the condition you know we know we knew hardly anything about its prevalence um until kind of i came of age really and had the words to describe like how my eyesight was affecting me. So I think me and my mom have discussed this at length and how it still kind of affects us in our day-to-day lives, whether we think the the tingling in our fingers um, is incontinently pigmenty or... You yeah, it know. can
1: cause neurological
0: It can disorders. and sometimes we we often think about that and like we're both like, should we go and get a heart scan? Um, because my late grandma, she had heart problems and she also had incontinent pigmenti. Mm. So it it can affect a lot of things, but in me for for me and Ollie, like thinking about our family planning, it obviously affects my eyesight quite a lot. It does. So I'm totally blind from it, which is really, really rare.
1: I don't know if like you can pass on the severity of it. I don't know if like if it's one of these things where because you have gone blind, whether like if we had a kid with it, that that child would have a more severe version or if they could just end up with like skin pigments and less teeth.
0: It's something that we don't know. But what we do know is that we have a 50-50 chance of having a boy Mm -hmm. that is either affected by incontinence pigmenti, And if you are a boy with IP, you are severely affected It's either miscarriage, it is brain damage, it is really quite serious. Like if I was a boy, I most likely wouldn't be here.
1: Yeah, uh, like Wikipedia in front of me says, most males with the disease do not survive to childbirth.
0: Yes. So, you know, that's what we're looking at when me and Ollie are thinking, oh, right, so we've got a 50% chance of not being able to have a boy. Wow. You know, do I want to put my body through that? You know, it's a very personal decision, but one that I do like to discuss with Ollie. Yeah,
1: there is the chance that we could end up, like if we went the natural route, that we could end up with a healthy boy.
0: I.e. just like, like... if
1: we got your good ex uh-huh. plus my Y, then mm-hmm. we can end up with a healthy boy. If we got your good ex and my uh, good ex, well, my ex, then we'd end up with a girl. But then yes. there's the chance that we could end up with a miscarriage with a boy or a girl who is like you. So when IP.
0: we when we say good... And bad, it's all relative, right? It is. Like, we're, so, we're just
1: meaning it's what you've used to describe it before. Exactly.
0: And it's not we're not we're not meaning to cause offense here. And we do know that this podcast is very personal. Like this is very personal information that we're sharing in good faith and confidence. So we, we do say like, if anyone has like a different perspective, we obviously welcome that, but we also, you know, are very clear on our path and we're very like happy with our decisions of, as of late. And I think, you know, we've had years, like we've been together 11 years to think about this and, Um, you know, family planning is your own personal decision. So it really is kind of what we are looking at as as just two individual people that kind of see this kind of decision in our own way. Mm -hmm. So this conversation does make me feel quite vulnerable and quite emotional and quite exposed to people's opinions on the internet. And it's something that is possibly quite controversial but it's also very personal
1: as we've seen in our some of our hate comments people some people are a bit into eugenics and they don't believe that you should exist
0: well no and also when we talk about good and bad exes you know i in that scenario am the bad ex so it's it's thinking about this in a very i don't know i I try not to think too much about it because i know i am removing a part of me and what we're about to discuss But I am okay with that in order to not go through a miscarriage or abortion or all of these different things that we're we're possibly going to get into. also the
1: potential trauma that the child might face of potentially going blind. Yeah,
0: I've always said that if I was blind from birth, I wouldn't have known any different. And maybe that is coming from a place where I lost my eyesight later on in life. So I'm quite traumatised by that kind of moment but obviously I've got a gorgeous fulfilling life now and I wouldn't want it any other way but I have had a lot of rehabilitation and a lot of strength that I've had to find within myself that I don't want my child to have to go through if I don't if I know something about it and I, I do feel a sense of responsibility um, you know to my and Ollie's future children and if I knew that they would be completely healthy and you know the only thing that would be kind of be a disability to them is their eyesight I'd be like yeah let's have a child because I don't see that as limiting in any way I can help them like anything I can help them with and at the end of the day if we still do have a disabled child their life would be amazing I would help them in every single way I just don't want to go into a decision that is conscious and that I could have trauma to my own body or theirs in a way that I'm knowingly able to control yeah. In today's society with the medical advancements that we have. That's the best way I can describe it.
1: Yeah, I guess in some ways, like, it's the ignorance is bliss type thing. Now that we have the knowledge that it is possible to control the outcome of whether the child gets IP or not.
0: We would rather like, not.
1: The cat is out the bag. Yes. Like, we have to then make a decision.
0: Whether like, we like it or not, we have to be responsible here. And maybe a responsible decision for you if you have IP or another genetic disorder is to have a child naturally. And we are not judging you in any shape or form. This is just our decision. Um, And we're sharing it with you in good faith. And we hope that you can take that for what it is. Um, So at the moment, we're looking into different things, aren't we, Ollie? Do you want to just go into that? Because we're just researching it for the first time.
1: So, So there's two ways about this. We've got the primary method that we're probably going to take, which is via IVF, in vitro fertilisation, where we have to basically test tube babies, as they used to be called.
0: Wow! Really? Yeah.
1: And then we've got the other method, which is.
0: By the way, we don't want a test tube baby.
1: Well, they're just called test tube babies, no, like as in not- like the first, the first five days of, they're fertilised in a test tube and then they are transferred into your womb after five days. Fine. And then that's that's how it works.
0: Oh, okay. That, I, I knew that, but I didn't know they were called test tube babies. That's
1: like the real, it's like the old school name for it. Oh, okay. And then you've got the way that we could do it, which is the natural way, and then you can get this test away. they prick your belly, and then you can find out, and then you I have, have the
0: gene or yeah, not.
1: Well, the child has the gene or not, and then you either had to weigh up abortion versus will it miscarry, all of this sort of stuff, and like it, it's a whole. But you had to wait like twelve weeks or so for that. Yes. To, be the case. So the most likely solution that we're probably going to go for is IVF with what's called PGTM, which stands for Pre-implantation Genetic Testing for Monogenic Disorders, which... (laughs) How catchy! Well, monogenic disorders means just a genetic condition that is caused by one single gene, which is... Me! IP, your particular gene that IP affects is called the Nemo gene, and that's on the X chromosome, which it's all a bit sciencey. Yes. But... Like that. Basically, what they do is we will go for IVF. Lucy will get her eggs, and then she will get the eggs out of her via a bunch of injections <laughs> and stuff.
0: She will get her eggs.
1: Yep. Will the, I?
0: The I eggs, think they will just be in me. They will have.
1: They will have your eggs. <laughs> yes. They will fertilise them first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then with yourself. With myself. And, and then. And then it they will be let an it, embryo. They will let it grow. Yep. For four days, and then they will check the. From there, they'll do a genetic, genetic test, test yeah. to make sure that the embryo is without the XG. And then from there, they will do a shuffle of all the healthy ones. So they don't know which one mm-hmm. is a boy or a, girl? boy or a girl. And then they will plop that egg, well, that embryo back, back into your womb. into moi. And then, we, then pregnancy resumes as normal.
0: Yeah, then we go on our way. <laughs> so... This is something that we've thought about for a while again. We're at the very early stages of it. and how are you feeling, Ollie? I'm
1: feeling pretty good about it it's It's quite exciting like it's so of, exciting like like a lot of this stuff we have only just learned about like we've sort of known about so you went for an appointment I did years and years and years and years and years ago. yeah,
0: I was sixteen, and I went with my mom, and they were only talking about me getting pregnant kind of in the natural way quote unquote um and then them pricking my belly. Yes. So I'm so glad that we've kind of advanced in a way that we can test. But it is also kind of the, yeah, it, it will never stop being like a, a thing within my mind that I know that like this gene is being eradicated. Yeah, that, That's weird you. to me. That is weird. Well, but in, I, I am very happy in my decision. You I know?
1: guess in some ways it's similar to the trolley problem. You know the famous problem where you've got two, like you've got a trolley which has a split in the tracks, like as it's a trolley being like a, a tram car or something. There's a split in the tracks, and you've got a lever, and there's like five people tied up on one side, and there's one tied up on the other, and then you will kill the five people unless you pull the lever, and then to kill one, to kill one, like that's the the trolley problem. Oh uh, which-
0: right. But so you either pull. So the decision really is is to just let it go on its course. It would have gone that way anyway and kill the five people exactly. Or pull the lever to just to kill the one person and exactly. save the five. But <gasps> like,
1: there's the the trouble with it is when you pull that lever, you have then made, an, you've active made an active decision. You've made the decision to remove that person from existence. Yes. Whereas if you let it go on as it goes, then it, it that would have happened anyway. Yeah, that's the way that nature would have gone if you weren't in the picture. <sighs> Which so like, hard. I guess is what sort of happens with ourselves normally. Like when me and you have a baby,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not all of our genes will be passed on. Yes. There will be like your ginger hair may not be passed on. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, my nose shape might not be passed on. Well, and my sister
0: doesn't have IP.
1: Yeah. So. And that's, that's the, like you wouldn't say that Alice had IP eradicated from her. No. But because we are making the decision. Yes then that's where it gets complicated yeah, in your mind.
0: But I think if I also left it as well, <laughs> I don't know. Well,
1: five people die.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's the, the, like, the, the trick. If I left it as well and then someone, oh, we had a boy and I had a miscarriage, like that is so mentally traumatic, traumatic for me. I just, I just don't think I can go through it. knowingly, you know, if it, if it happens to me, then I will deal with it. But knowingly saying to myself that 50% of the pregnancies that are boys.
1: Yeah. It's like rolling a dice. Well, flipping a coin. Yeah. I just can't
0: do it to myself. I just can't. makes me quite emotional, you know, knowingly doing that and knowingly thinking that they would be severely disabled.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a real risk.
0: You know, and and it's not like they would just be blind, like you know. So there
1: could there's a whole load of symptoms that you have not got, which are quite severe. Like for example, there's epilepsy yes. and like severe neurological conditions again, which stop you, you like moving those, parts of your body. If you
0: have those disabilities, and I had a baby, and unknowingly, I had a gorgeous, gorgeous baby with. All of those disabilities, I would be so thankful. I would be so happy and amazed. And I know that they would have a fulfilling life because I would be their mom and I would be there supporting them. But knowingly making that decision, knowingly having this gene and doing it, I just don't think I can make that decision. And that's why we're having IVF. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a journey.
1: It is. And uh, there's going to be questions along the way, sort of like once we do have said baby. Yeah. Like a lot of, if we look on, for example, your video about the, the one where you're in Japan and you're feeling all those embryos. Yes. There are a lot of people who sort of mentioned about being a blind mum. Yes. And like sort of how complicated that's going to be. And that will be challenges that we face in the future about well. things that are, aren't accessible
0: well, loads, Where people I are questioning you. your competence. Yeah, of course. And I bet you there's so many baby products and breast pumps and when I'm breastfeeding and, I don't know, sterilisers that just aren't accessible, mm-hmm. that we're going to have to label and mark. And it's going to be a challenge for me as a disabled mother.
1: Yeah. And then you're probably going to have some fights with like nursery staff. Or...
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Or people that just don't. I mean, I'm, I am I am so thankful that my best friend is a midwife. I would be so scared to advocate for myself in a position where people just don't believe mm. in my competency fundamentally as a blind mom, you know? Um unfortunately, we live in a sighted world that isn't made for me. I say that all the time, but it is so true even in 2024. In 2024 or 5, I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. And well, there's always
1: you know, like to put it in perspective, though. There is the the very real chance, like as we always sort of say, and we've said this before in the podcast, that dis- like the disabled community is the only one that you can really join at any time. Yes. Like so, it could with a for-
0: with a minority group that anyone can join.
1: Exactly. So it could very well be that someone who is supposedly in inverted commas healthy, like gets into a car accident. Yes. Or gets I don't know. Mugged by a peaky blinder. Not that that would happen nowadays, but like,
0: it's because you're a brummy. You lo- yeah. you wanted to drop well, I, in that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it's very specifically <laughs> of uh, things where people slash out your eyes.
0: Ooh, gosh, sorry. The That's, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: <laughs> like, it like you. There's a theory that you could become blind or disabled in any other way. Like, and you could already have a kid. Like it happens all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in life. We can only have the knowledge we have now. We can only make the best decision that we can, that we feel is good at the time. And the rest, life happens. Indeed, life just goes on, and something could happen. Mm. Like anything could happen, and exactly. we're okay with that. We're gonna, we, we're gonna love our child, disabled or not. Like we, we will adore them. <laughs> we're so, so excited.
1: Indeed, and there's, there's ways to get excited as well. Yeah. Like, there's now three D printing there of is. baby scans. <laughs> and there's
0: Wally's so excited about me I having am. that.
1: <laughs> and then we can like do a little bit of photogrammetry on the baby or whatever when they're born as well. And yeah. which is where you take photos and turn it into a three D model. Yeah. Which we could then three. We're print. so excited about there's all these videos many ways as well
0: to show you guys. And also stamping the their hands into clay. Yeah. Like we've done with Miss Mo's paw. We need to do Miss Boxes. We do.
1: <laughs> so there's many ways we can enjoy these memories many. as we come, come along.
0: We hope that you listen to this podcast with non-judgmental ears and yeah, we've been very vulnerable today and we're willing to share a lot more about our journey and our process. We're probably going to do some long form videos on it actually when like it's nearer the time and we're, we're ready to share more, but we just wanted to ultimately answer the question that yes, I am going to be an amazing mother. An amazing blind mother, a competent blind mother, and also being a blind mother is going to also just be one part of me. Like one of your many pillars is one part of me, <laughs> and being blind is one part of me, and being a wife is one part of me. It's one of my many many pillars, as you say. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a rate.
1: And don't forget to send your dilemmas to H-E-L-P, that's help, at lucyedwards.com.
0: Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week for a new one. See you next week, guys. Bye.